stories we can tell. So glad you stumbled upon the show. I'm Jim McGinnis, and I guess I'm the perpetrator of all this. Someone asked the late Christopher Hitchens what he valued most in his friends. And his answer, their continued existence. Amen. But I can't stay silent for the sake of sparing feelings. There are bigger things at stake. It's nice posting other people's words, but it's time I spoke on my own. As a history teacher, I've tried to stay out of things, try to stay in the middle, but alas, I could not disengage myself. Rick, you were right. Disengagement, complacency, and apathy are the very reasons we're in this mess. This president's behavior is, as my friend said, the worst thing that's happened to this country since Joseph McCarthy. In my heart of hearts, I never thought it could happen in America in my lifetime after all we had gone through, but it has. And I, we, have the responsibility to speak up. And if you don't remember the McCarthy era, well, that's why we tend to the past. After decades of teaching and preaching on the blessings of liberty, I found myself over the past few years taking on the persona of uh, some folksy old sage harmless and occasionally enlightening and actually entertaining at times but that's not me not now I love this country too much to shut up or tiptoe I love the past present and future of this country too much to remain a folksy fence straddler you know, I don't know policy any better than you do. I'm not sure which policies are effective. I have no quick fixes for this country, but I know what this country stands for, and I know what it stands against. I can't speak for other social studies teachers, but I can speak to the thousands of students who came through my classroom door. I hope I am right now. I taught you better. You know better. To defend the president's policies and actions, well, that's your hard choices. But to defend the division, the anger, and the hatred that he is instig instigating and stoking in this country is wrong. Regardless of your politics or your distaste for the political opposition, no excuse. And the hard truth is you can't separate a leader's words from his actions. Of all of you that sat and listened to what I was saying through the years, I knew then and now that in order for you to buy into it just a little bit, you had to believe that when push came to shove, I would walk the walk. I would stand. And if I shirk my duty and stay silent now, 
Well, if I don't call myself out, if I don't call you out by not standing up and calling the president's words dangerous and abhorrent, that makes me complicit. If I don't say enough is enough, then maybe all my lessons meant nothing. They were tales told by an idiot filled with sound and fury, signifying nothing. So I am standing up. I am calling people out, starting with myself. I cannot lose myself. For three long years, I've steered away from the subject of this president. I've tried to pull people to the middle, gently. But the things I've seen and heard from good people, police officers, firefighters, pillars of our community, and yes, even fellow teachers. People I know and love have fallen prey to rationalization. Don't let your anger and frustration, which is well-founded, but don't let it feed your tolerance for hatred. Are things tough out there? Hell yes. It's always been tough, though. There's never been a simpler, easier time. Don't let politicians tell you that. Don't let them offer up excuses for their crude behavior and underachievement. And don't offer any of your own. Franklin D. Roosevelt faced total economic collapse in the 1930s and global war in the 1940s. He was a flawed man. But Lordy, he spoke of unity even during that dark time, not division. Abraham Lincoln faced total destruction of the nation, yet he defined unity. I heard someone explain it this way. To remain silent, to not condemn bad manners and crude behavior by excusing or defending the president's belligerent behavior with the hope somehow that such boorishness is the only way to overturn what you consider to be bad policies, is to normalize such behavior. And we'll never be able to get the genie back in the bottle. I fear that someday, somewhere, my history professor will liken America of the 2020s to Germany of the 1930s. you on that. The highest position in a republic is citizen. Whether he or she is a doctor, lawyer, carpenter, or school teacher, the responsibility is the same. If you ever had any respect for me, or for what I do, I ask you, I implore you to stop and weigh the gravity of all this. A few months ago, I spent much of a night trying to answer a message from a former student. Like many of us, Anjali seemed shaken by recent political events. She said, everything you taught me to believe, 
the way you taught me to love this country is all falling apart. I am holding on to the belief that this will all get better, but I am so scared of where this country is headed. These are strange days indeed. It's easy to talk of freedom and tolerance in times of peace and prosperity. Woohoo. But these are not those times. These are the times when we must hold ever tightly to our beliefs and principles. And Jolly is a native born Indian American, a daughter of immigrants. Her father had a thriving silverware business in New, De New Delhi. But after watching Neil Armstrong walk on the moon, he knew this was the place he needed to be. He left everything. He had built and made his way to America. And Jolly said he arrived at JFK Airport with $7 in his pocket, uh, all that an immigrant was allowed to carry. He worked his way up through every conceivable job. Ultimately, he landed a job um, in engineering and found his way to the space program in Florida. The dream that led him to America in the first place. And Jolly is now an, an attending physician at a children's hospital in the pediatric intensive care unit. She takes care of the sickest of children. I will continue to speak out for what is right, she said, and hope that the country I love remembers who we are. Remember who we are. I think she said more than she knew. The office of the president was once occupied by Washington, Lincoln, and Roosevelt. I am a history teacher. My love for this country is marrow deep in its institutions. And I believe that the president is honor bound, honor bound to protect the legacy of the statesmen who came before him. He sits where Reagan sat. Let him speak as Reagan spoke. The president must remember that he represents all Americans, not just the ones who voted for him. We have traditionally held our presidents to a higher standard of behavior above the rest of us. Are we not all duty bound to hold him to that standard? As I said, there was no simpler time ever, no easier time. There are no excuses, but in a country where anything goes, everything eventually will. The scandals and personal excesses of U.S. Grant, the incompetence of Warren Harding, the abuses of Richard Nixon, Bill Clinton's blatant disrespect with, for the office with his personal behavior. The President of the United States is more than just the chief decision maker. He is the visible and audible representation of this nation. His behavior matters. We should not be willing to achieve solutions to our problems by any means necessary. Let's not burn the house down. We all live in it. I hope we remember who we are.
Well, that's all for now. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Stories We Can Tell, and I'm Jim McGinnis, wishing you fair winds. Thank you.